Oh, 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 what is happening, Danny Gloverface? <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going to introduce to some and present to others, Mr. AGM New York, Mr. Peter Parker, Mr. I only shoot when I want to. That's right. Mr. I can go on and on and on, but Mike Abrams. That's right. My guy. Mike is in the building. MGA, Welcome up. MGA Photog on Instagram. AGM New York was the original OG name that Mr. Hollywood knows me by from way back in the day. And AGM is probably, that's all of my photos. If you go through a certain album, it's labeled AGM on purpose. So <laughs> all your new adaptations, Puff Daddy, I'm not going to be here for your uh, 17 name changes and changing only, with the temperature. Only only one change, man. It's, it's M MGA. It's the initials M-G-A-P-H-O-T-O-G. That's it. Those that may... Uh, be wondering who this gentleman is uh i wasn't I, I said it jokingly but if you majority of the photos that i've posted over the past 10 years have had a, a certain stamp on them and this is the gentleman that provided the shooting and it was something i remember specifically it was something to get that stamp because from you you said that you only would post the shot of the day would get those uh those stamps. You you would right. shoot thousands mm -hmm. of shots. The water the, the watermark made it official back in the day. Yeah. Also, shout out to the original OG from uh Neve. Uh, Gotta take it back to Neve. Gotta take it back to uh, fashion. Take it back to fashion hurts. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, some we had some fun shoots in this apartment when I had when I had a lot less furniture. <laughs> yeah, man, it was it was when everybody was living uh, bachelor lives, and yeah, yeah, I remember the first time we came to your crib. Pre-COVID life. Yeah, pre-COVID life for sure. When niggas didn't have to work from home and Word. desk space wasn't a necessity to be at home. But me and Brian actually, when Brian was up here, me and him were reminiscing about uh, Neve. And I remember the first time we came to your house, um, we literally watched you transform your setup in five minutes. And I was like, I kept saying, like, yo, where are we shooting at? Like, we going outside or something? This nigga got a studio he's taking us to? Literally in five minutes, you transform everything. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. And at the end of the shoot, the same five minutes. Get right back. Set up. <laughs> From couch, couch, love seat, little coffee table to right back to, you know, to studio and right back. Yeah, man. Uh, I blame you for not submitting any of my uh, photos that we did on any modeling pages or anything like that. Yeah, I'm going to blame you. Not me, <laughs> the person who was an aspiring model at the time, but I'm blaming you, the photographer who, okay. uh, yeah, so. Yeah, that's on you. It's all good, man. It's all love. But like, you know, like what you said, you know, the, the, the statement holds true. I, I shoot when I want to. Shout out to 
all the other folks that uh, were aspiring pho photographers and now full-fledged photographers. Um, shout out to people. Started who, a pandemic. Start shout out to people who took up and and picked up photography over the over uh, what I would consult uh, consider a lost year, 2020. Um, shout out to uh, shout out to Boomer uh, and his his young clone. Shout out to my boy um, my boy Kyle. Um, them two dudes have definitely been doing some work. There's some other dudes that I follow too, but like I know you know. Uh, me and Boomer used to go shooting, you know, and now he, you know, that photography bug bit his ass and, you know, ain't no stopping him, you know, between the gym and photography, I don't know what's what, but that man caught that photography bug, that man got cameras now, that man got speed lights, lenses, all of that. So I just, yeah, I, man. just I just sit back and watch everybody else shoot. Mike, I would you say, I don't want to give myself this credit, but would you say I may be, may be connected to one person that can pull you out of retirement if it wasn't myself. <laughs> oh, you you're talking the, the the previous retirement? Uh, well, well when, I, I, when I originally said I wasn't shooting no more? Yeah, sure. I would say you were definitely one of the people that were on my ass about shooting, for sure. Um, my mother was on my case, definitely. Um, Cause you know I, I was you know I was nice with the camera from you know my childhood. I used to snatch her camera, my parents' camera, and, and shoot family events with it for fun on on film. So she's like, you know, why you not doing it? You know, why you not shooting? So what a lot of people didn't understand at the time is a lot of people want want something for nothing, right? So photography for me. Um, was 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 never is never about the money for me right it was never about the money but when it came down to like providing services and people want to talk you down and your price and whatnot i'm like look you don't go to the dude with the official studio or you don't go to sears portrait studio trying to negotiate a price um r.i.p so to sears photo studio <laughs> so I always, I always, you, had a, you had to choose from some packages and that was it but there was a period where people and our own people were always trying to negotiate something. So it got to a point where I got real frustrated. I was like, you know what? It's always your own people. Not everybody, but the majority of the potential clients were like, oh, is there a discount? Is there a discount? Discount for what? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you know, a friend of a friend referred you. That's cool. Here's my price. So it got to a point where I was just getting way too many um Wait discount request yeah i was just like you know what i'm gonna just i'm gonna chill um i'm gonna shoot when i wanna if somebody decides to say hey look yo mike you gonna give me the money up front and you know shoot this event i did my little events here and there but i wasn't like i wasn't impressed to get out there and shoot and you know, that's that that same that same thing you know applies now. I mean, it's still a pandemic. Like I'm not, shout out to everybody that's still shooting events and shout out to everybody who's still hosting events. You know, I hope everybody's being safe and sensible, but you're not going to catch me in no crowded venue with a face mask trying to, <laughs> you know, at that point you defeating the purpose of the mask. So I'm not, I'm not with it. I mean, I've been asked to shoot events and like automatic decline. Oh, but it's money. Again, it was never about the money for me. I was always focused on the, on the art form. 
Yeah, remember when you declined me uh, when I asked you to shoot my wedding? Remember that? When you told me no? I, was, I, I wasn't shooting weddings, weddings no more. I was out the wedding you game. Vehemently told me no. And I was like, Mike, you can't do this to me. I wasn't you cannot weddings, man. I didn't want that. I didn't want that pressure, man. Listen, wedding photography is no joke. Um I've shot what 11, 12 weddings in the very long days. Um, especially if there's a large bridal party. That's a e that's a 16-hour day. That you know, I'm like, that is it's pressure. And unless you got a team with you who knows your shooting style and know what they need to do, wedding, pho wedding photography ain't to be played with, man. That'll that'll end your career if you mess that up. But, I know there it was, was nothing. You. I know there was, it was nothing. You. There was nothing. See, some photographers. I got you. They work. I got you yeah. when you get your ten or twelve year anniversary or something. How about that? Oh, here you go. But yeah, some photographers. They they like they're good at shooting objects. They're good at shooting like uh, abstract. And when they shoot people, sometimes it's hit or miss. I didn't see that with you. And th this was after shooting with you multiple shoots and doing my own shoot with you and having you like did my sister shoot like you had bred it into the family at at, at that time. Like it was like, ah, come on, man, stop it. But so that was that was what I was when I came to you to shoot the wedding. I was like who else would I have shoot it? And when I know this nigga's dope, that's why we called you Peter Parker. Like, it, it just made I, sense. I, 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 res and I, and I respect that. I, I mean, at that time, it was like, look, I, I can't, I couldn't. I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't want that pressure. But, but y'all had a, y'all had a good team. Sh shout out to Sylvester. Yeah, he, he, uh, y'all had, y'all had a nice, y'all had like three photographers plus the videographer at the church. And then at, um, we got shots. Where, where's your where's your reception again? Is it Chateau Briand? No. Come on now. You know where we were. Is that where Come it was? On. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know I've been to a couple weddings there. So, you know, and it, it was, it was, they they did a good job. You know, me, me solo, I wouldn't have been able to produce what they produced. You would have gotten a different set of pictures. They probably would have been good. You'd be modest. You know you're what I'm saying? Um, but I'm out, I'm out the wedding game. I'm real selective with, you know, if I'm going to shoot something, um, you know, it got to make sense to me. It got to be worth it. Um, I know we're still in a pandemic or panini. Everybody likes to joke around. Panini, <laughs> panor panorama, panoramic, you know. Um, you know, my cameras still work. Um, I still, you know, walk around with it from time to time just, just to shoot, make sure I remember where the buttons are and all of that. But I'll never. I'll you mentioned never. you that? mentioned people in that. I said you mentioned people in that offspring uh, shooting. Is Sam taking up photography? Nah. Um, she, Sam, by the way, is Mike's daughter. For those, yes, I have a fifteen-year-old, fifteen-year-old daughter. She just turned fifteen uh, last month. Um, but no, nah, she hasn't taken up uh, photography. She was she was into it for a little while when she was younger. Um, but you know, you gotta let the kids find their own way. You know, right now it's just straight school for her. You know, she jumps on TikTok from time to time. You know, for entertainment, she's on Insta. I have on Insta. You know, she asked to have an Instagram account. We all agreed to let her have an Instagram account, and just let her be. A, just let her be a kid. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of black girls aren't allowed to, to grow up and just enjoy their childhood. 
you know, yeah. society got them, you know, wanting to be young women. Um, yeah. Need to let these let these kids and the boys and the girls enjoy their childhood before you start placing um, some of the world's pressures on on their shoulders. They got enough to deal with with school. Um, yeah. It's like, hey, look, your only responsibility is school. Just keep doing your thing. Your grades are straight. You know, you can you can you can get your sneakers. She loves her Jordans. You know, so she got. I don't know, six, seven pairs of Jordans, you know, that's what she care about. <laughs> Jordans and 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 Crocs and them little, what do you, what you call them things? The, the giblets, whatever it is that go in the... In the that go on, so, yeah, yeah. That's all she care yeah. about. You know, yeah. she watches her shows and she chills, you know, so, but uh, nah, she, she, if she decides to go down that route, cool, but she's into... Um, Biology, human anatomy. She wants to get into forensics um, as a as a career path. Forensic pathology. Um, her godmother is actually, I think, like one of the I think the medical examiner for uh, the city of New York. Um, somewhere, somewhere in that office. So listen, you know, we go to Barnes and Noble. You know, she wanted some books on human anatomy. We went there a couple of weeks ago. We bought her a couple of books. So look, you know, you got to start looking at this stuff now. You can't wait until you get to class in your sophomore year high school to start learning it. You try to have that edge now, right? Start looking at the stuff now. You ain't got to memorize it, but at least if the teacher decides to mention something, you know, a light bulb might go off in your head saying, oh, yeah, I know I saw this in my, my textbook at home or whatever. So just trying to, you know, plant them little seeds and let her move at her own pace. You know, I'm not one of them old school parents that's going to, you know, be hovering over her every second because she's not doing something I want her to do. Are you all right? So you have a fifteen-year-old. I yeah. have ten-year gap with a five-year-old, and you said you're not one of those old parents. And I want to ask you: um, at fifteen, well, yeah, th- this this kind of works in stages for you per se. Would you say? Because obviously, your parenting style may not be exactly like what your like the way you were raised in the 80s isn't the same way that you raised Sam when she was originally born isn't the same way that she was raised at another like milestone at her life it's, and it may not be how she's raised currently would you say like it's evolving uh it's thing? a it's a twist um for me as um as a father and you know, looking, my parent, my parents weren't weren't strict. Um, they 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 were definitely big on rules, but they weren't like you know shel- They didn't shelter me and my younger sister. But looking at the the generation of parents from that time, I think a lot of parents at that t- during that time didn't allow their children to express themselves, right? Where they right. you know they instilled right. the, the parents instilled fear. But the moment the child decided to talk, not, not really talk back, but express themselves, they considered it to be a sign of disrespect. So right. for me, I always, I never liked that. Um, you know, my parents are pretty um, conservative. I was able to go to my mother and father and talk about certain things, but there were just certain things you wouldn't go to your parents to talk about. You know, you'd always go to mm-hmm. a friend or you go to an uncle. Um, but one of the things I wanted, I established early on, you know, as my, my daughter decided, you know, not decided, uh, got older, it was like, Hey, you know what, 
we should be able to have an open dialogue in the house, right? Which is you should be able to come to me or your mother and um, say what's on your mind, you know? And if you don't want to come to us, you have, <clears throat> you have grandparents, you have your grandmother, mm-hmm. your, your grandparents, you can talk, you know, hey, if you don't want to come to me about a womanly issue, please go to your mom, you know? If you there's <laughs> something else that you don't want to talk about, you know, come to me or go to your grandparents. And I've always said, hey, look, you should never be afraid to come to your parents. We as parents are an authoritative figure, but we shouldn't strike so much fear into our children that they don't want to talk mm-hmm. about certain things because they're going to go out in the world and get the wrong opinion from somebody who doesn't know any better or from a peer who's the same age who don't know shit from shit. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think, and I think, you know, having been around, you know, so many West Indian parents, you know, they don't allow for that, that, that engagement in conversation, or there, there, there will be that, you know, you can only go but so far before, hey, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know you're going to cross the line with your mom and your pops or whatever it is. But I tell Sam all the time, like, hey, look, you got an issue with your mom, you want a second opinion, or y'all have a disagreement, ask your mom to walk out the crib, give me a call, or if you want to hop in the car and go for a drive, let me know, I'll come get you. Mm. Now, I mean, that's the way it is, you know, and, and she's at that age, you know, <clears throat> we were all teenagers at one point. So you start hitting your teenage years, you start thinking, you know, it all or your, your, your world perspective begins to change. Um, and you should allow your children to ask questions because they're going to have questions. If you allow your, your child to talk and express certain things during their childhood years, what are they going to do when they are at the house? What are they going to do when they when they're finally on their own? Let's say, hey, you you going off to college your first year, seventeen, and you don't know, you know, you don't know how to talk to anybody. You should be able to face the world and be prepared in some form or fashion. I tell mm. people, look, all I can all I can do as a as a man and as a father is advise, right? Give you enough information that you can formulate your own opinion. You don't have to follow what I'm doing. But I want to give you enough information so you can formulate your own opinion or give her enough of a foundation that she can stand on her own when she's out in the world. You know, my daughter might say, oh, you know, I might be a little rough on her sometimes. So I'll, t- I'll tell her flat out, look, the world don't have patience for your tears. The world don't care about you mm-hmm. crying right now. You can't go and cry in front of your class. You know, you can't go cry in the workplace. So you got to kind of, you know, you got to kind of switch it up. And I think, you know, us as, um, as black people, black men, black women, you know, we are constantly dealing with, you know, microaggressions from every angle, you know, where you have to code switch, you know, there's, there's certain subtle things that continue to happen that we don't think about, but it happens, you know, Mm -hmm. I try to prepare her or, you know, we try to prepare her for all those things, you know, taking public transportation, how to deal with police, how to deal with your friends, how to, you know, be on alert, you know, keep your head on the swivel. You know, if you see something happening at the corner, you make it your business to go away from the commotion. You know, don't be, you know, just like little things here and there. I think every parent, um, whether you're a parent or not, if you have a young person in your life, you know, you somebody's uncle, you somebody's older cousin, you know, whatever it might be, you're, you're telling the kids the same, the same thing. You know, you mentioned something that we're going to get into in just a little bit. 
Yes, sir. We're going to get into it in just a little bit. Make sure you keep your car light. Make sure you keep your car light on, okay? Nah, man. It's going to go off, man. Don't be, don't be, don't be put coming for me, man. Put the, put the, put the interior switch on so you in there. Come, come on, man. Don't be coming for me, I, I ain't talking to a black window on this here Zoom recording. Come on, man. Don't be, don't be, don't be coming <laughs> for me, man. Pardon part my rambling for your audience, but you know. I, they're, they're, I have, listen, my kids oh. have run through several episodes of my pod. They're used to random like blurtings and stuff like that. It, it's 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 part of the show. Oh, oh no, I'm here, man. I'm here. It's me part and, of the me, show. Me, me and Mama Callan, I'm here. Yeah, well, I'll I'll, I'll cheers to let you. Me, let me I mean, let me toast to the camera. Mama Callan, yeah, double double, double cast just for my homie. Salute to Mr. Hollywood. You didn't have to break out the good stuff for me, man. You didn't have to do that for me. I only drink the good stuff, man. People call, me, people call I mean, me bougie. Yeah, you, you might be a little bougie, but who isn't? <laughs> yeah, no, no, all right. So do you find it difficult? And I, I only say uh, difficult because I don't necessarily have another wording for it. But outside of what you instilled originally do you find it difficult to sort of kind of call audibles now because of outside world around your daughter or do you think that like you've done not enough because she's only 15 but do you feel like you've instilled enough that you don't necessarily have to call as many audibles yeah i don't really know um Sam is is um, as as most of the other kids are. She's hyper aware of a lot. Um, you know, she's always been one to again ask questions. Um, one of the things that we did when she was younger is you know public school is is great just to kind of like lead into this. You know, I don't think many schools talk about current events and, and things of that nature. So I always told her, you know, what my parents used to do with me, you know, hey, at 6 p.m., you know, you watch the evening news, you see what's going mm-hmm. on. At least when I was in school, the next day we had to, you know, we had to like write a little paragraph or something, you know, mm-hmm. talk about what we saw. They don't do that now. So we didn't have her um, write a paragraph, but we're like, hey, look, you should know what's going on. What's happening. In yeah. The world. Just, in, you know, yeah. In the event you happen to be in the social studies class or whatever the case may be and something comes up, you should be able to at least engage in some form of conversation. Um, not saying you have to be a subject matter expert, but you can at least say, oh, you know what, by the way, you know, I saw, you know, I saw it on Channel 7 News or that was a Jeopardy question the other night and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but with her being 15, um I don't have to really intervene um too much. I still express certain things to her um like you know when it comes to academics um and how you know like school and the real world tie you know tie in like for example um her English teacher uh now uh she says she says that uh he's a hard grader, right? Mm. So I used to, I always stress to her, I said, do you, you know, do you understand why that is? He's very, very particular about sentence structure and, you know, words being used. And I said, does that sound familiar to you? And she's like, yeah, it's stuff that I told her, 
you know, which is, hey, the more you read, the more you write, you know, the better your vocabulary, the better your speech, your vote, you know, the way you talk is going to, um, going to improve. Um, so I was chatting with her this evening. She had to, she was doing some draft essay. So she read a sentence to me and I was like, hold on, it doesn't sound right. You know, make sure your sentences flow, right? Mm. But she said, I think she was talking something about money and she had the word money twice in the sentence. I'm like, well, how can you make that sound different? Let her think for a little bit. She was having a little hard time, but I, you know, I kind of edged her on, like, give me a different word for money and then restructure the sentence. Because um, that's that's the way, you know, in high school, they're not going to tell you, hey, what you did wrong, right? That's elementary school shit. That's grade school shit. They're going to correct you. But as you get older, mommy and daddy, when they come to parent-teachers meeting, <laughs> we not ask, the teacher's not asking you know, what, what's happening at home. They're going to be like, well, your daughter failed because of blah, 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 or she passed, or Sam has never had a complaint from any of her teachers. So... I think a lot of what I tell her and what her mom tells her from a real world perspective. And again, and allowing her to either ex, you know, express her, her opinion. You know, she had lots of opinions on this pandemic and the, 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 the madness that became the school system. People didn't know what to do in terms of blended learning and remote learning. It was an entire clusterfuck. And she had what to- was what was that like at 15, uh, the, the pandemic conversations with watching, like, cause it went from, oh, we're gonna be doing this for, you know, just a couple of weeks to levels off. And then a year went by and it was like, oh, okay, we're back so, in school now. So, so it was a little, it was a little rough for her. But if you remember this, this whole thing started March of 2020, right? Which is, mm-hmm. you know, she's, in, she's an eighth grader getting ready to graduate. You know, this is a time when you're supposed to have senioritis and, you know, wilding out. And, yeah, and yeah. So everything came to a close, you know, March 16th, it was a wrap. So in the beginning, um, you know, she wasn't taking it well uh, at all. But she, you know, I know she was bothered, but she, you know, she, 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 she stuck it out. And I gave her an example. I said, like, this is something that's going to happen in the workforce. You may not like it, but you're going to have to deal with it. And, and, mm-hmm. and adapt and basically fall in line, even though you disagree with it, you got to fall in line, just keep pushing. And you're going to repeat that cycle throughout life. Um, after the first, we see probably when May rolled around, she was a little bit better with it. Because again, it's like people aren't accustomed, children and adults, to working from home. You know, yeah. everybody's like being told was, you have to, it, was, was grounded. Was, was you know, and as yeah. a teen, as a teenager, you want to be around your friends. It makes learning a little yeah. bit. Better. You got somebody to talk about yeah. in the lunchroom. You know, they're not accustomed to this 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 Zoom like I am, but for kids, it's different. You know, but you know, imagine this pandemic happening when we were kids and there was no internet. <laughs> you know, or I'm, let me let me go back and say not internet. There was AOL dial-up and net zero. Okay? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You get your little, you hear your little modem sound and all that shit, and you gotta tell your parents, tell, yo, don't answer, don't pick up the phone. Don't pick up the phone. Don't pick up the phone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dating myself, but it's all good. Um, but you know, she, we, we all. Somebody made the comment the other day that uh, they they remember their AOL coming on a CD, and you had to buy them like they were lined up at your Virgin Records, uh, your Comp USA's. Um, in the front of the stores. 
Comp USA, JNR Music World down at Park Row. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you know, back in the day, you want to talk about music, you know, talking about your Sam Goodies, The Wiz, um, FYE, you know. Yeah. Um, but just going back to the Tower you know, Records. Word. Tower Records. Beach Street. <laughs> you know what I'm Beach Street down on Fulton, you know. Um, not Fulton. Livingston. Is it Livingston Street? Livingston. Yeah, over there by the Mason. We don't fact check here. It, yeah, it's all we don't fact check. I'm, I'm, I'm flashing back to pre-bike lane Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? So that's the era I'm from. <laughs> Fuck a city bike. Um, We're just going right, back to so, just going back to the kid real quick. Like I said, you know, it was it was a little rough. Um, but this this you know, her junior high school at the time they did something for the graduates that turned out very very well. I think the kids really appreciated that. Um, you know, she was hoping for a, a, a better summer, summer camp, but we, I, I did that. Like, yeah, we not doing that. So, you know, she spent some, <laughs> she spent some time out in LA with her grandparents. Um, she had a, she had a pretty good summer. And then, you know, this whole nonsense with this pandemic, you know, you're a freshman, you know, you, you trying to wear your flies fit on the first day of school. Man, listen, <laughs> I remember prepping outfits for the first day like oh i'm going to kill them the first with week, this you know and then they the, the high school you know she tried they did the blending learning for a bit you know but it was it was a stupid schedule so i'm like nah just stay home it ain't it's not worth the grief getting you to school and i don't know you know one day they were doing some rotational shit and you know that wasn't consistent like to, to actually have a proper schedule i'm not even thinking about trying to explain the whole rotation that the city proposed. I mean, this don't make any sense. So just stay home. I gave her one of my old work laptops, set it up. You know, she can Google Classroom, do whatever she got to do from her desk and her bedroom. And that's it. All right, man. Uh, we're going to have, we've been having casual conversation, which I love. Uh, Get into it. Girl, dad, no. no yeah. Uh, Hashtag girl, dad, yo. This, <laughs> this is leading me to where I want to go in terms of Yes, Steering McKay Brown. I'm yeah, sorry? you see, I said Makia Brown. This is leading me right there into that. I, I just, I just want us to talk. I just want us to talk. I just Shoot. want us to talk. I just want us to talk. Okay. Uh, some of you, uh, just to rehash what happened, a uh, young lady uh, was shot four times by a police officer, and stories came out later that. Um, she called because she was being jumped and then she had a knife when the police showed up. Police officer shot her four times and then released the body cam footage. Um, and having this girl dad combo with yeah. you, I want to get your opinion on a lot of stuff. Uh, and before I go into the dad aspect of it, I just want to get your opinion on the situation first, and then we, we'll dissect it and go into different other avenues. But your opinion on a situation? Ah, uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get flamed for this one. So, you know, you might not. You'd be surprised. No, so, so here's the thing, right? You know, everybody thinks that body police body cam is gonna solve, you know, all the fucking problems and relationships between black people and police. Now, you know, looking at, I sort of, I, I had initially resisted looking at the footage, um, uh -huh. and then when I did, I, I got a little distressed because, you know, 
my, you know, my daughter got them same rainbow Crocs. You know what I'm saying? So when them cops were standing over her and you just see them Crocs just on the on the concrete up, I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy. You know, and yeah. she's 16, Sam is 15. You know, like, you know, would Sam ever be in a position like that? Nah. Um, did he, did the, did the cop have to fire? Now, from my law enforcement buddies and their opinions, um, they're saying it was a justified shooting because literally he had a choice to make in that split second. She was actually going to stab the other girl in that mm-hmm. moment. You know, boom, just you see her swinging, right? His taser was on his, on his, uh, I think he was, he was pelvic carrying his taser, but he already had his hand on his firearm from the moment he got out the car. There's a video mm-hmm. from the, the house across the street that showed him. So he already had his hand on his firearm. So as he knocked, as Shorty knocked the, the chick over on the grass and went to go, and she went running for the other girl, split second reaction, pulled the gun out. Now, did he have to tap her four times? Maybe not. But I think a lot of people are missing. Um, you know, when people make the arguments about, oh, shoot a leg, shoot an arm, that's a smaller target. And let me just be clear, I'm, I, I'm a fan of, of firearms, all right? So ain't nobody going to talk to me about no gun control nonsense and all that other stuff. Now, <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, people talking about, oh, why he just shooting the arm, shooting a leg? Yo, man, people don't understand how bullets and trajectory work. You miss and hit somebody else, you got a problem. You know, you miss a leg and that bullet ricochet off the ground and hit somebody else, you got a problem. You know, you know, police are trying to... Uh, Adding to the fact that she's moving. It's not a still target. Exactly. And, you know, police are trained, law enforcement is trained to stop a threat. And paper targets, whatever it is, you are told to aim for center mass, whether it's through the back or dead on front and center, you aiming for chest, neck, and head, or the you know, abdomen, whatever works. You know, that's your biggest target. Um, at the same time, when he fired four times, it's, it's also muscle memory, right? You're trained to stop a threat. So you're not just gonna fire one shot and hope that she drops because she could have still stabbed Shorty. Mm-hmm. You know? So he neutralized the threat. Unfortunately, she passed away. Um, and I know it's a lot of controversial topic. I'm not justifying the shooting. Shit happens. But in that split second, that officer had a choice to make. Because it could have been two dead girls. You know what I'm saying? Butter knife, steak knife, whatever the case may be. You, you don't know. Now, I understand she called for help. But police also don't know what they're showing up for. I don't you know. I don't, you know, I got, like I said, I have friends of mine who happen to be, happen to be law enforcement. You know, I don't have police officers who are friends. I have friends who happen to be police officers. So there's yeah. sometimes we, yeah. we, we agree on certain things and we disagree on certain things. You know, one of the things I, I was supposed to have this convo with you with an officer that I am uh, friends with um, and life happened. He could make it, but I wanted to have someone up here that can speak from that side because I just wanted to have a genuine conversation. Yeah, I mean, about like, you know, everything. Yeah, I, you know, I tell people, look, you know, especially having conversations like these, you know, whether it's on this topic or politics, 
the first objective is to remove your emotions from mm-hmm. conversation. Because once you bring your emotions into the conversation, the conversation is over because somebody is going to get offended. And next thing, somebody's yelling. You know, I can have political conversations. I come from a conservative family. Um, I'm a middle of the road guy. So I've had all sorts of arguments, liberal, Republican, uh, nah, 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 you know, <laughs> you know like I, 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 I get it. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, you can never, if everybody's in agreement, something's not right. And I take that. Yeah. From, I take yeah. that from a, from a, from a career perspective. If you're having a meeting and everybody's just like, Oh yeah, that's great. Oh yeah, that's great. No, something's wrong. There needs to be a constructive conversation. There needs to be, um, debate because everybody has opinions you know nobody yeah. if you're surrounded by yes men i don't have any male friends that are yes men my boys are telling me yo mike you you playing yourself bro you know whatever the case may be you know but you need that you need somebody like you need people in your circle that's going to be able to be like fam you're wilding right well you yes and that is true but that's you know that's not the case you know but you know going back to to this incident here um you know, people are going to get mad when it comes to, you know, whatever comes of it. You know, if they say, hey, the officer was justified, people are going to get mad. People are going to march and be outraged, whatever it is. You know, let the facts play as they, you know, as they, the, the, you know, the representative come out, you know, the officials come out. We need to, you know, investigate. Now, yes, police investigating themselves is kind of lame. You know, they're going to do whatever they got to do um, time and time again. They're going to investigate themselves. They're going to say, hey, are they, you know, justified? The officer feared for their life, whatever it is. In this case, the officer had to make a choice, which was neutralize the threat before somebody else was injured, right, or or killed, you know. Could he have grabbed his taser? Nobody knows. What would the taser have done? Suppose he missed, suppose the prongs didn't connect with her to, uh, to stop her in the moment. Would have been another dead girl on the ground. See, here's my thing. I say, um, and this is after several conversations of uh, people on both sides. Um, Shit happens fast. And I, you know what? I, as a matter of fact, I told my boy um, over the weekend, I said, unless you've had a firearm on your hip at a gun range, you have no idea how fast shit happens. You know? So the time I was at a gun range, just doing some, you know, this is what, two, three years ago, doing some training. And I'm not no, I'm not no marksman, nothing like that. I enjoy shooting, you know. I had the gun hosted on my hip. And, you know, the guy has a little device that beeps. So it tells you when the, you know, yeah. Quick. You know, you're you're you pulling your firearm from your holster needs to be controlled, you know. Quicker to, quicker to draw, you know what I'm saying? And hit your target, you know? So you have a choice to make, you know, hey, all right, if my hand is already on my firearm, am I gonna now waste precious time, seconds, milliseconds to now go try and get my taser to then turn it on, charge the bitch and get an effective hit? There's so many dynamics happening. And again, I'm not justifying the shooting. No, it- but- that, and that's no, what I was gonna say. But it's just life, like you know, people. But people don't see. It's the thing. I can talk about this without getting them, you know, into my. Yeah, feelings. yeah, 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 yeah. People. But that's why I wanted to have you up here for that because people I knew 
you can remove people your got, emotions, like you said. Yeah, people got to understand a lot of not just you know not even law enforcement, but like just me thinking from like a tactical perspective. He had his gun on. He had his hand on his holster already. He stood over the. You know, he watched it. Was I watched it like fifteen times? You know, she pushed over the girl. The girls on the ground, and she went and started lunging after the other girl. So he turned. Pause. 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 Right there. In that situation, if you're the cop and you pull up and you you got a call for somebody that's asking for help, right? You pull up in that situation and you see that young girl with a knife getting ready to attack somebody else. Would you assume that that's the person that you're supposed to be helping? Now you see at the same time. So you know, I can't speak for law enforcement. For me. At that point, I'm seeing, you, yeah. I'm seeing Matrix Code, right? You, 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 you know, or the the, the, <laughs> meme, the, the meme where you see what's his name from fucking Hangover doing all the calculations at the fucking blackjack table, right? <laughs> see the mad numbers over your eyes and shit, right? So look, if I if I had to replay the incident, right, the moment that she pushed that other girl onto the grass, I probably I probably would have tackled her right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. the moment she started move, I would I probably would have tackled her, and I think that's where people are gonna, you know, when they start sussing out every, you know, what the officer could have done or should have done, mm-hmm. you know, they might try to pick it apart, right? Um, but then you have the other argument, which is, hey, the officer was trained to do what he did in that instant because it was happening so quickly. I would have tackled her. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yo, it's a 15 year old kid. People want to call her a woman. She's a fucking child. Yeah. But at this and and I get the argument too, and I'm I'm for the argument where hey, you know, you got people like Dylan Roof that can murder people. You know, he's mass murder. Go to Burger King. Yeah. And, and get and be apprehended. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I I get it. Like I said, it's a it's a fucking situation. Like I said, I didn't watch the video because I you know I try not to watch. It's like, listen, Black Death is a spectacle. You know, you know. We take it back to to Mike Brown. You know that man's body was laying in the street on yeah, live yeah. TV. Who's that? And who's that for? That's not for us. That's trauma. You don't see white bodies laying. You ain't see none of them kids in Sandy Hook, cameras rolling yeah. in school. You yeah. ain't see none of that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's a messy situation all around. You know, uh, people want to talk about police reform. I say, look, you can't reform police. You know, police came from the slave patrol. Mm-hmm. Saying their per- sole purpose was to round up slaves. You were free. Oh, we just gonna catch you for another infraction or whatever it is, and put you put you back in confinement. Slavery by another name. How do you reform? Mm-hmm. How do you reform a, a police force? You know. There's been FBI reports and all sorts of reports saying, hey, you know, white supremacists have long infiltrated um, law enforcement in America. There's a, there's a term called ghost skin, right? Mm-hmm. You got to a point in society where, hey, you can't wear hoods anymore, right? You can't yeah. wear Nazi swastikas on your face or have 1488 tattooed, you know. So what do you do? Ghost skin, okay, you can still have your beliefs, but you go join law enforcement. Now you have a gun and a badge and you can basically execute people. That will. As, yeah. as somebody, as somebody, of the, as a representative of the state. You know, so there's a lot of dynamics to these, to these, these questions. And I think one of the things is people, 
people are so quick to to react and react emotion. And I understand how stressful that I've never again, God forbid, I, I can't put myself in the, in the shoes of somebody who's lost a child. Um, but no parent should have to bury their child. A hundred percent. But I ask you this. If you're the father of the girl in the pink pink sweatsuit that's on the car, is he a hero to you or is he a killer? The father, the, the girl who was going to be attacked. Right. So you see, I don't, that's the part that doesn't seem clear yet as to what was going on. I understood that she was with a foster family. Mm-hmm. And the girl that died, her father was there or was coming there because she he she needed help and had called him. Um, if the father, I don't know, that's, that's, that's that's some guilt that you gotta live with, yo. That's that's some guilt, and I think the, the, the girl in the pink is gonna have survivor's guilt, and she's yeah. mental trauma for the rest of her life. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have people that survive traumatic events, you know, I know somebody who survived a traumatic event, and they they question themselves almost like, yo, how, why not me? You know what I'm saying? Why didn't the cop pop both of them? You know, she's going to have a hard time for the rest of her life. That's shit you don't get out of your head. Um, you know, I don't know how many people, you know, that listen in on to your podcast ever seen somebody die. That shit don't, that don't leave your subconscious ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Either it's in a hospital bed in the street. That shit don't leave. You know what I'm saying? So to see that, you know, you were about to be attacked and then the cop shot your friend or how, whatever the relationship was. One of y'all is still alive. As the, like I said, yeah. father, he means that, you know, you have to be put on a mental watch too. You, you do, you know, I don't know if you watch Snowfall, you know what I'm saying? But if Come you, on now. We'll, get, we'll get to Snowfall. So we'll you, but you see, you see Leon clap the kid accidentally and he lost his mind. You know what I'm saying? You don't you don't come back from that, son. You do not come back from that. Kids? That that, that falls on that falls on Scully's boys, though. I, sure. Leon did what but he I, had to do in that situation I, because they, they saying, opened up fire on him. But they the mafia got rules too. No women, no kids. Yeah. You don't you don't touch women, you don't touch children. But yo, you kill a kid or is a kid dying for, you don't nah, bro. Nah, son. That 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 father, that girl, they both gonna have problems. That whole a whole foster family is gonna have problems. Whether they pull kids out the crib and reassign them, that they got more problems. things. Yeah, everybody everybody involved is gonna have but, a but messed up mental going forward. But unfortunately, you know, child's dead, man. So like I said, I, I tried not to watch that video when I first heard of it. And then when I watched it, I was like, damn, I seen I seen them colored Crocs because my, my daughter just got them joints for Christmas. You know what I'm saying? And I know she wear, you know, it's all about comfort, sweats and Crocs. So when I seen them Crocs, like I was on my phone when I saw that shit, I was like, boop, close that joint. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. But- I, don't need, I don't need that visual in my head, yo. I got enough to worry about with Sam just being out in the world yeah you know yeah make sure she if she does go whenever she does go out that if she is coming back home by herself that she makes it home alive and in one piece and untouched that's all i care about i'm sure our parents had the same concerns you know when we were venturing out into the world going to school by ourselves or whatever it is you always want your kid to return home i want to return home as as 
just being me. And that's a father. Yeah. Just want to come back home in one piece. Shoot. My son is five years old. Go ahead. My, my, my son's five years old and he's in a stage now where he wants to walk downstairs by himself. And he's like, can I go? Can I go by myself? Can I go by myself? And I'm like, I had to get to a point where I'm like, at some point, you got to eventually let him. So I let him walk out the door in front of me. And like, I stay behind, but I watch him walk down the steps. I watch him. In his mind, he's thinking he's doing it on his own because I don't come downstairs until he's completely at the door. And I say, I said to him today, I said, if you want daddy to let you walk down the stairs by yourself, you're going to have to meet daddy at the door. I don't want you going outside by yourself. You're not at that point yet. Right. I'll let you feel like you have this, uh, this freedom to think that you're, you know, you're a big boy and you can do it by yourself. But the only caveat here is you have to meet me inside at the door. I don't want you outside. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely understandable. You know, you want you. I did that with Sam too. You know, they start getting a little independence at that time. You know, he's starting to feel the world out. So you, you give him a little leeway. All right. Hey, you know, yeah. go, down, go downstairs. Go down, go down one flight of stairs. I'll be there in a second. Yeah. Let me lock the door. Go down the stairs, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. You got to let him do that. It, it builds character. You know, it's them, it's them getting a sense of the world as it is. Um, and we live in a crazier world, I think, than, you know, we did as in our, our years, you know, in the sense that, hey, you and, you know, we could be outside and we didn't have to worry about a Karen calling the cops because they saw two black kids outside minding their business, Fam. you know, Fam. or, or, you know, somebody want to be stupid and call child protective services because they saw your son at the door and, and shit like that, you know, yeah. they see you and you get into a whole argument. And then oh, I'm going to call the police. You know, they want to know where you live, or you know, like it's just, it's just so much. Again, so much. There's microaggressions. There's Karen aggression. There's just a lot. You know, which is why, like I said, you know, earlier in the conversation, that gotta let your children just be children, man. You know, a lot of us, I think, we we grew up too early, especially if we had younger siblings. We ended up taking on a parental role or a supervisory role. Yes, yes, and we should. You know. Well, speaking of growing up as kids and things like that, um, one of the things that happened on 420 that made a lot of people relive their childhood and their youth was the verses. Red meth. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. Red meth. How did you feel about it? Listen, I, posted a, I posted a comment on my Facebook page saying that red and meth, what did I say? Oh, that red and meth versus was for the OGs who had the Discman in their coat pocket or the Walkman clipped to their North Faces or their Jansport backpacks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, to Cal, Meth album, Meth first album came out in, I think, 90, 94. So I remember when that came out. I remember being in high school. I remember all that, that whole Wu era, that was all, all high school. Um, I'm a big, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of both of them. You know, I've seen the movie How High, you know, all of that. Like, get them. <laughs> you know, so like seeing, you know, the the OGs in the rap game, you know, they got longevity. You know, those are the those are the folks that can pack out, you know, arenas and state because just the OGs that got the money that's gonna go see them. You know, mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of people 
find it taboo to, to grow old, right? Be happy. Grow. You want to grow old. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, everybody in their 20s living their fast life, whatever it is. But, yo, grow old, man. Have a long career. Have a decent life. It's okay to be old. Nobody. <laughs> you, you, play, you play yourself if you think you know everything by 30. Or if you don't have certain things by 30. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's the mentality that we that we all go through. And then once you get to that age, you realize, oh, that's all bullshit. Because you don't have the answer yeah. to 25. You definitely don't have the answer to 30. But, um, you know, me at, at 40, listen, I don't feel no different. I, you know, think, knock some wood right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, listen, the, the, the verses has been a, a great time for the OGs. Because, listen, the music now, is catchy, but they don't have no substance. Ain't no substance. Ain't no longevity. Yep. I get, you know, listen, I, I get my daughter laughs at me when I be in the car playing. I listen, I told her I was listening to rap before you were born. I was recording music <laughs> from the radio with my Walkman. With the Walkman, yes. I was just listening to Funkmaster Flex drop 999 bombs. Like, nigga, shut up and play the record so I can record this for my commute tomorrow morning. I got a track meet. I got a track meet tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need some music. I need some warm-up music. I got a track meet. I got a tennis meet, something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to hear no bombs, man. I need to hear some lyrics. But um, meth and rap, meth and red, red and meth was dope. I was in here in the crib, had it up on TV. I was smoking a little, you know, a little some, some. You know 421, huh? Gotta celebrate the day. You know, it sucks that it's always a, a, a week, a weeknight. But it was three hours straight. It was a free concert. Them tickets would have been like a hundred a pop for some nosebleeds somewhere. And I didn't, you have, know to, what, I didn't thing, have to leave my crib. My thing was it wasn't a versus, it was a concert. It was and a concert. I, I wish they didn't I wish they didn't promote it like a versus because versus you thinking, oh, they're gonna go head to head. But that's, well, that's, they that's how the concept that's how the concept started. You know what I'm saying? So they gotta yeah, stick with but, it. But they, they were definitely they were advertising, they was advertising it as med meth and meth, red and meth. You know, that they would, you know, they would add duo, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, they and their chemistry has always been on point from back then. So they, and I know Red know how to put on a show, um, but that was, that was epic. You know, all of the verses, all the verses joints been, been pretty dope. I mean, I think I might've skipped out on like Ashanti and Keisha Cole. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I listen, I ain't no R&B dude no more. That was cool back then. They don't care about R&B no more. Unless I want to listen to some R&B, I'm going to listen to it. But I'm not going to be like, oh, you know what I'm in the mood to listen to? I'm going to listen to some Erica Badu right now. If I'm in the mood, <laughs> I'm going to play it. I'm a huge Joe Scott fan. So it's like, I will play her music. You know, song come on. What did you car. think of seeing uh, what'd you think of seeing EPMD and uh, Wu-Tang? That and... was fire. Listen, the, the, the joint, when they came out for the D'Angelo joint was, was dope, you know? They came out when D'Angelo was performing. Not all of them, but you know, and that, that D'Angelo and Friends was kind of like eh, it, was, it wasn't said. it wasn't they sold it well. It wasn't it wasn't all that great to me. I, I D'Angelo definitely put out good music, but it was like, oh that's cool, that's what's up. But you know, Wu Tang is for the children. You know what I'm saying? Wu Tang is for the children. But that that EPMD shit, listen, the headbanger, yo, I was in here losing my mind. Man. <laughs> Man. I was in here losing, cause I, I, yo, man, I ain't seen 
them dudes in forever. You know, you see them on social media and all that shit, but like seeing them perform, I was having flashbacks. Listen, you know, I think back to the days of um, Flavor Videos and Video Music Box. You know, Man. Rushing home, rush, rushing home from school to watch Channel 31 to hear that, boom, beep, boom, beep, you know, Houdini, Five Minutes of Funk, that whole, like that, that takes me back to a different era. Like, yo, when life was life was different. Like, yo, the streets in Brooklyn was way different. Not what they are now. Yeah, no it bike was, lanes, like you said. It yeah. was a pre-bike lane Brooklyn was different. You talking 2,000 bodies a year. You know what I'm saying? Yo, people laugh all the time. I tell people, like, yo, where you from? Pre-bike lane Brooklyn. I'm an OG here. I ain't come from Nebraska or nothing like that. Ain't no bike lanes. <laughs> ain't no bike lanes was here when I was coming up. You rode in the street. And you basically you hopped in your BMX or your your I forgot the other, the name of the other bike whatever and you rode against traffic. You wasn't riding with traffic. You was riding the other way to get to your destination. Pre bike lane Brooklyn. So all this city bike shit taking up parking spaces and all. I ain't with all of that shit. <laughs> Niggas don't ride no bikes. Niggas steal bikes. Okay. <laughs> You pull up on the pull up on the block with a new bike, and you want your boy, but yo, let me go around the block with it. You know you ain't seen that bike ever. Again. Yeah, that's it. That's that's you know your saying? bike, fam. That's the era I come from, pre bike lane Brooklyn. If you use that shit, I want some credit. <laughs> I'm letting you know right now. I'm gonna call this episode pre bike lane Brooklyn, just so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but going, but going back to the music shit, like I said, you know the the. It just it it it. I like that the fact that, that they've been doing that. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, the younger generation ain't paying attention to the music, right? The, 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 what basically brought their artists to their prime today. And a lot of these do, you know, these new artists, they 90s babies. So they wasn't, you know, they wasn't listening to the locks and all of that. You know, you had to have been a teenager and adult to really enjoy 90s rap. Like truly enjoy some nineties rap, you know, R.I.P. Shock G, you know. R.I.P. You know, gotta listen to some you know, some some digital underground. You know, it was a it was a good era for music. You know, so the verses is bringing a lot of that stuff to light. The new music is cool, but like I said, they don't have much longevity. And the other problem with the music now is that is the oversaturation. You hear a track today. The dude got a next track two days from now. You don't let they're not letting their albums breathe. I come mm-hmm. from the era where you put out a project and you let that shit. You put out a couple of videos. You know, it's the era when you had the budgets for the for the music videos. You let that album breathe. You put out a record. Next thing you know, a month from now is a remix. You know, then two months from now is the next record off the album. But now it was like these dudes because of social media and the internet to stay relevant. They gotta keep put pumping out whatever, and it could be garbage. But it's catchy, and this generation likes it. And I fuck, I fuck with some of the new stuff. I like it, you know, young thug shit. Like, yo, I, I like the new music, you know. Some stuff I can get into. Some not all of stuff it. I can get get into. Yeah, not not, not all of it. Not for me, my introduction into hip hop. Um, I was at my guard brother's house, and Mace's Harlem World album was on. And I, I listened to Harlem World, and I was like, what is this? And then that's when, like, 
I started getting curious as to, because I saw posters on his wall and I started I'm like asking, well, who's this and who's that and who's this? And that's what made me go and start listening to these different artists. I remember the um the Big Mac promo for Craig Mac and uh, Big what? I remember seeing that. Yo, man. And, I, and, and it made me curious to be like, well, let me listen to the record. Let me see what it is. Like, that was my introduction. Like that campaign was 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 big. Like I tell people, you know, um, my my mother, my mother hates rap. Well, she hated rap when I was younger, right? But before I knew about what the hell rap was in my crib, my mother was yo disco funk. My pops is straight jazz. So I had an appreciation for music even before I heard a first rap record. I remember, mm. I remember how old I was. I know I was at a cousin's party. It was in a basement. Um, they had a house out in East New York. And it was in the basement. And I remember my pops had just, like, he just walked away from me for a second to go talk to uncle or something like that. And I heard this record. And I was like, who's this? And I heard, you, you got with that? Yo. And I was like, yo, what is this? And like, so <laughs> I'm listening to my cousin DJ, he playing all these records, big, you know, Biz Marquee, Big Daddy Kane, all of that. And I'm like, yo, this is fire. So, you know, you can't touch your parents' radio in the car. My parents' radio was on CD 101.9 or WB Alexis <laughs> or 98.7. I had to wait till they double parked, went somewhere to get out the back seat and push the button on the, as a matter of fact, no. Couldn't even push the button because they had their presets. So I had to turn the knob and the O's and build cutlass. And then when they're coming back, try to go back and find the station Turbo, yeah. or hit the yeah. preset button. So um started listening to Hot 97, early, you know, early 90s, mid-90s. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Right quick, right quick. What was wrong with our parents that they thought when they double parked, them leaving us in the car was okay. Like what? what? It was a. It what was, was a. Where did that come from? It was a different era, man. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. <laughs> it's the same. It's like I. I, I used to laugh. I've been calling. I said, "Yo, it's like it's like being a latchkey kid, but in the car. Instead of you being at home by yourself, using the car. Lock the door. Sit down and don't move. You know what I'm saying? But, um. The mute like. Playing Hot 97, I used to have a stereo in my bedroom. My mother would come in like, turn that off. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that noise. I don't want to hear that noise, you know. And I'm like, mom, this is what we're listening to now. So I used to go to the Wiz and buy, you know, the, the cassette singles. My mom used to snatch them shits from me. <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, I remember a specific incident. And I had just bought the, um, the cassette single from uh, uh, Fight the Power, which was, you know, big okay. on, on Do the Right Thing. So that that record for me, like just playing that shit as loud, when you hear the, you hear the intro, man, I played it. My mother was like, no, give me your stereo. I'm going to plug in your stereo. Whatever. And I'm like, yo, mom, you're like, yo. I had to play, you know, I had to go buy me some headphones. I'm like, but this is what I liked. You know, so my mother really never liked rap. Um, now my pops, on the other hand, he didn't like rap too much either. My pops and I actually, we, I mean, we had a relationship when we, when I was much younger, but my pops and I bond, some wouldn't even say bonded. My pops liked the Doggy Style album. 
because good, good of the 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 um funkadelic samples that Dr. Dre used. My father is mm. a huge funkadelic fan. So mm-hmm. he was he liked all of that shit. He didn't care, you know, he wasn't listening, he was listening to the music, right? And then what threw me for a loop, I had bought uh, we were we were on heading on a road trip to Virginia. I had the, the Dr. Dre, Dre Day single. So one okay. side was okay. one side was was lyrics, the other side was instrumental. And I said, oh pop, yo, let me let me play the instrumental. Play the instrumental. Yo, he loved it. And then I fell asleep and he played the he played the vocals and was like, oh hell no. Let me go back to the go back to the go back to the uh, instrumental. And then the other record that he actually liked, both vocal and um instrumental, was the roots, what they do. Had a jazz, had a okay. jazz feel to it. Oh, he, I never seen that tape again. He kept that shit. <laughs> but you went, you know, you went from stuff like that. You know, you went from your gangster rap to your mafioso rap, and you know, drug dealing rap. That's the era I came up in. You know, I had the, I, I got experience with the conscious rap. You know, the BDP Boogie Down Productions. I, I, I lived through that. You know what I'm saying? I enjoyed that music, and then it segued into. Gangster rap, West Coast, mafioso, East Coast rap. You know. What about DMX? How did your parents feel about DMX? Uh, my parents were not about. My parents probably know of DMX. I don't think they could. I don't think my mother. My mother probably knows who he is from the the album cover. You know him in in, in all and you know covered in the in the blood. She probably knows that cover. But I never played. Once I got. Once I bought my discman. You never hear music in my house. You heard me walking around the crib with my headphones on and my discman and my track pants. You know, I got all them. I think I got a bunch of them CDs in my closet. But I used to I used to get my father on DMX by saying, "Oh no, Dad, he prays. He prays. He prays in his album." <laughs> and I remember, I remember playing like one of the prayers. I remember playing one of the prayers. My father was like, "Oh, okay," but I wouldn't dare let him hear anything else on yeah. DMX's album. Yeah. But he, so he knew who DMX was, right? He knew who he was. My, my artist that I, like my parents had to like just accept that I was going to listen to no matter what was Jay Z. Like, yeah, my I mean, parents just they knew like that was my artist. But DMX, I had to kind of slide the all the, night, oh, nah, but he prays though. And that, that yeah. got my father hook, my, line, and sinker. My mom is, is is super, super conservative, man. Like, you know, she listens. She likes her, you know, again, disco, funk, R&B from her era. I got some of her records here in the crib, you know, some of her records. Um, you know, I'm an old head at heart. Like, I love that music because that's what I grew up listening to before, before rap. So I love, I can play... You know, I got Sirius XM in the car. I'll play them old these stations, you know what I'm saying, from whatever era, because that music was dope. You know what I'm saying? I can then turn around, flip it, go back to the 90s. I still listen to 90s rap on Spotify because it's like, all right, well, what can I... The new music is cool, but what can I relate to that's going to take me back to a different era? You know, Trigger the Gambler, Smooth the Hustler, like, you know, listen to that stuff, take me back to, again, pre-Bike Lane Brooklyn. You know, I'm not from the streets. I mean, everybody did their share of dirt, but like it took me back to a grimy era when rappers dressed yeah. baggy jeans, Tim's, North, oversized North Face jacket, the Helly Hansen suits, the spider suits, you know what I'm saying? Carhartt jacket. Carhartt's Eddie Bauer. 
And I'm, you know, I'm, I was a huge Eddie Bauer head, you know, EB Tech. Boom, that's all I wore. You know, one of my boys, Tommy Head, Low Head, Helly Hansen, you know, dudes with the North Face backpacks, dudes with the Jan Sports with mad straps, got the tag. How many strings? The How strings many strings going on? Jan Sport? How many Man, strings in Jan Sport? Listen, yo. Dudes getting robbed for strings, getting the big Jan Sports snatched off their back. Listen. I mean, I almost got got from my North Face one one day, but hey, somebody, one of my OGs saved me. It was like, yo, he, he got me good in these streets, leave him alone. You know what I'm saying? So that was it was a different era, you know. But this this um this music, man, like I said, it's catchy, but it's like I'm not everybody like, oh, that's a classic, that's a classic. Like, yo, a classic is yo, 25 years from now, that record needs to sound the same. Like I tell yeah. you when Biggie Ray to Die album drop. I made sure I left school that day. I went straight to the Wiz and bought the tape. Took the packaging off, put the tape in the cut in, in the in the Walkman, got back on the bus, and reading through the booklet, which is what people don't know about now because everything is digital. Remember when that was a thing? Reading through the booklet. Hell yeah, you read it. You wanted to see who did the photography, the lyrics, the production, you know. And, you know, as a matter of fact, Craig Mack dropped first and then Biggie came. So I had both of them albums in, in my backpack. I had my school books and I had my tapes and I had my CDs, you know. So it's like, you know, I can I can pull out Ready to Die or stream Ready to Die and it's going to sound even better than when it dropped in 94. Yeah. And as it yeah. aged, as, it, as the album aged and as, I, as we aged, the lyrics mean something different. Like, for example, everybody loved Reasonable Doubt when it dropped, right? But were you really listening to the double entendres at fucking 15, 16 years old? No. You wasn't catching none of them bars back then. I sure as hell wasn't. And you'd be, you be, if you wasn't a grown-ass adult when that album dropped, you lying to me. I'm not going to take, there's no way you was 15, 16 <laughs> catching, them, catching them bars. You weren't catching them bars at 15, 16. You know what I'm saying? You might have memorized this shit, but you wasn't thinking about it. So as I continue to play Reason About it over the years, I was like, yo, before his documentaries and all this shit, I'm like, yo, that's yeah, a he dope. said this. Oh, that's a yeah. play on yeah. words. Like, you know, or for example, people get bent out of shape when people um, quote Biggie and was like, yo, you look so good, huh? I suck on your daddy's dick. But everybody was like, they know where that came from. I'm like, yo, he was, Richard Pryor said that shit in one of his skits. It was questionable. I can only only imagine, like, yo, being in. You imagine being in the studio, listening to your man say some shit like that. Like, dude, that's that's fire, son. (laughs) Like, wait, what you say? Oh, your daddy's dick, nigga. What? You know what I'm saying? But like, yo, the the music now. I mean, hey, it may have longevity. I've aged out of that demographic. You know, eighteen to thirty. I'm I'm out of that demographic. So. I'm not the targeted demographic, but these dudes now, you know, you rapping about drug use and perks and mollies, like that don't influence me. I hear it, but it's the young dude who might think this shit is cool and fucking OD in a club because you playing around. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What album would you have to say someone had to have heard before you take their music uh, opinion or critique. What one hip hop album? 
I know there's a bunch of them, but just give me one. If you didn't listen to this album, I'm not listening to you talk hip hop. Oh man, Jesus! One album before I had an opinion. Damn. I could name a couple, but I'm gonna go with. I'm not even gonna go Jay Z reasonable though. I'm gonna say Jay Z Volume One. In my lifetime. Okay. Um. Busta, I'm a Busta fan. The coming is for his debut shit. Um, okay. You gotta, I mean, you gotta have heard some some singles from. I think that's a, that's a tough. I could name mad shit that you could listen to. Like, you can crack the joke saying, "Well, hey, if you ain't heard if you ain't heard this album, she's too young for you," or something like that. Like, if I drop artist names, you don't know who they are. You should at least know some classics. I would say 36 Chambers, if you haven't heard 36 Chambers. Well, I mean, see, not everybody was a fan of the Wu like that, so... But that's the thing. Wu is bigger than... It's bigger than... If you can recite... The, the, the characters in there. I'll give it this. If you can recite, like... I'm not I'm not going to make you lose points for not reciting an entire song. If you can, like, catch lyrics from Triumph, catch lyrics from Bring the Pain, and at least, you know... You don't tell me about Drake. Drake is still, I know Drake been in the game, but nah, Drake, Drake don't count. You know what I'm saying? You talking street, you know, yo, can you, can you uh if you heard some Pete Rock and CL Smooth, can you drop some, can you, can you recite some shit? If you heard some House of Pain or something, you know, jump around. <laughs> Fushnikins, Helter Skelter. If you can even say Onyx or um Black Moon. You know, Let the boys be boys. You know, yeah. you know, I got you open. Like, yo, g- give me something. Don't have me play a record in the car and you're talking about, yo, who's this? What? That's for my kid. Yo, <laughs> you said Sirius XM. Heather B got a station that does 90s and 2000s, like uh, classics. That's probably one of my favorite stations on so, uh, Sirius. So, so for your audience, right? Let me tell you, because I, I got I got Sirius playing in the background on my laptop. So... I don't listen, listen, I might listen to Hot 97 or Power 105 once in a blue moon, right? But the stations that are programmed in my car, okay? Channel for the for the people who have serious radio. LL Cool J's Rock the Bell's radio, channel 43. Okay. Hip Hop Nation, channel 44. I think okay. my, my subscription doesn't have Shade 45, but Shade 45 is cool, right? The Heat, uh, channel 46. Uh, Heart and Soul, which is R&B stuff, channel 48. The Groove, also 90s R&B, channel, uh, channel 50. Um, old school shit, Studio 54, channel 54. Uh, That's great marketing, by the way. I'm just putting it out there for people that want to listen to some music. Listen, get a subscription. I ain't, I ain't getting paid for it. But my, no, I'm talking my, about on their, I'm talking about on, on their point to get sta- uh, Station 54 for Studio 54. Studio 54 great right. But listen, yeah. Channel 43, the LL Cool J Rock the Bell's radio. Listen, you ain't never going to hear some of them records on Hot 97 <laughs> or Power 105. Because, you know, yo, look, they're playing Digital Underground right now, right? Hot 97 and Power 105 play the same 10 songs every hour. And yeah. that's, how, that's how motherfuckers memorize the music. You're not hearing nothing. You're not hearing a, a, a vast set of music. Rock the Bell's radio, yo, I'll be hearing some shit that I'd be like, yo, let me just Shazam this joint in the car real quick so I remember to go don't listen, yeah. Don't play it when yeah. I get home. Yeah. The other day they were playing um 
was it town? I don't know. Whichever radio station, you know, they pulled up. They were playing G Unit, popping them things, son. I ain't hear that record in forever. I came home, pumped that shit through my fucking stereo. That whole G Unit era. As a matter of fact, speaking of albums, you know what? You need to know about Get Rich and Jai Trying. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know everybody and mother can fucking sing. It's your birthday. It's a party. Like, bruh. I don't want to hear that. Give me this, give me something else. You know what I'm saying? But my yeah. to this day, when I listen to Get Rich Without Trying, what I listen to before I do anything is the coin drop and a G unit. Yes. What? We get hit. What? That gets me amped every single time. That, that joy have you with your driving in your car with your windows ready down, roll down, ready to shoot somebody. What? What? Yeah, man. Like the music, the music is cool. Like, you know, and I, you know, um, you know, I'm a big music advocate. Um, you know, like I know, you know, I'm not gonna be on some LeBron James shit. I'm a hip hop historian. I like hip hop. Okay. <laughs> I ain't no hip hop. I'm a hip hop historian. Nigga, no, you're not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, music, don't, good music, I always say good music is good music. If you if you can head bop to it, you know, you in the car make you feel good, make you drive faster, whatever it is, it takes you back to a different time, a different good time, you good. You know, this, this like we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna have you up here again where we can actually reminisce about like music because I must have burnt holes in your wooden floor when Ain't I came on in your house. Man, every uh, you left some holes in them in them paper backgrounds. <laughs> I know I know we on camera and your people can't see the you know, but you was out there, ain't I? Ain't I? <laughs> you know, that was your that was your record, boy. Nigga. That was your record. As a matter of fact, and speaking of that same era, like I used to harass, you remember Drew? Um, yeah. I used to harass him with um, Young Dro and Shoulder Lean. Because that was also a big record. You know what I'm saying? You hear that bass line? Shoulder Lean. Show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That 2000s era was, was, was hype too, man. You know? No, nah, we. Don't, I'm gonna bring you back up here for real. We don't have that. Yeah, we can talk about. We can talk about the music, man, for sure. Go ahead, steer the conversation. Snowfall. Oh. Snowfall. Before we, yeah. Listen, listen. All right, let me say something real quick to preface that. When Snowfall first came out, I kept saying, "Yo, I want to watch this series," and I never tuned in. Right? Mm. And I blinked. Hold on. See, I have an issue. I see your face, right? But you see me, I have, go ahead, go ahead. I, have a, I have a hard time sitting still, right? It takes it takes a lot of page, a lot of effort for me to sit still and like binge watch something, right? So people make fun of me when I say, yo, what's the last, what's the last, what's the last thing you binge watched? Like this is before I started watching. This is long before Snowfall. I said, Oh, um, I binge watched Luke Cage. You know, like I watched Luke Cage when it first came out. I binge watched the first season when it came out in one weekend. The second season was like a bit of a struggle. And I was like, you know, the fake Jamaican accents is killing me. Like, okay, I'm going to get it to the end and then whatever. And then they canceled the series. Cool. So I don't, I'm not, I have a TV. My TV is usually on for background noise and whatnot. 
So, you know, all my boys would be in, in the WhatsApp chat that be dropping these clips here and there. And I'm like, yeah, every time I say I'm going to watch this series, um, I never get around to it. So when I heard that season four was coming, I said, oh, bet. I know what I'm going to do. Um, I had some time off last year. I said, you know what? Outside is closed. Ain't nowhere to go. I ain't going to the bar. Let me sit here. I'll watch season one, two, one through three. In five days, jeez. I started on a I started on a Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. I think I made a. I think I got through like half of that. Like maybe it was five episodes. I just sat here, showered, ate, snowfall. Saturday went through Ooh. the whole went through the whole joint. Went through the rest of season one to season two. Sunday kept season three. Sunday same deal. And I was ready. I was like, yo, this is what I was missing? Damn, this, this show is fantastic. And then what I've seen recently, now that the season finale has occurred, you know, stupid motherfuckers out here want to be comparing Snowfall to The Wire. And I'm like, they're not the same show, man. Like, It's, it's not. Stop, stop it's your not. nonsense. It's not the same joint. Stop, you stop making comparisons. Stop it. What'd you think of the season finale? The last two, ep- I, I'll say this, um, the episode before the season finale, they packed a lot into that episode. They could have gotten another episode out of that. They could have made that episode two episodes and they could have made the season finale two episodes. But I understand the, the, the story arc. I get it. Um, I knew, well, I don't know who's already seen the show, but I, I'm surprised that... Um, What's his name lasted so long? Man boy. I wanted them to drag that out a little bit more. Nah. I feel like it, it happened too quick for Franklin. It happened too quick. I'd have clapped him a season ago. But I see you, I see what was up. I see this, I see the story arc and why it didn't play and clap. Me? I'd have definitely clapped. I'd have clapped man boy a long time. For a long needed, time. You needed him. You needed him for distribution. Exactly. He talked too damn much. That's a fact. Listen, I, I know dudes that used to just run their mouth. Like, yo, shut the fuck up, man. You just run your mouth just to, yo, shut up. Loud as a motorbike, <laughs> wouldn't bust a grape at a fruit fight. You know fruit what I'm fight. But the, the season finale, yo, the twist. Some of this shit, I definitely, um, I, I, I saw that coming. So, you know, with Louie saying, Louie and Jerome want to do their own thing. I knew Louie wanted to do that shit on her own from when they made that trip to Arkansas, wherever the fuck they went. You know, she wanted to do her own thing. Um, but that whole shit with, with uh, um, Scully coming to the crib, I'm like, I, I was like, yo, I know, I know Alton's gonna get clapped at some point. How are we gonna go out? Sam. I didn't, I didn't think Scully was gonna roll up to the crib and 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 start busting, but I know he was, you know, he's in revenge mode. So when he shot him in the shoulder, I'm like, there ain't no way this Alton dude going out like that in the in the crib. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm one, you know, I'm like, yo, how there's no way he going out like that. But some of the stuff, like, if you were paying, if you know, for, for people that were, if you were paying attention, you could have seen some of this shit coming. You know, oh, we we gonna go, we're gonna uh, you know, Alton out here jeopardizing the money, or we gonna go to Cuba now. I was like, yo. I sat right on my car and I was like, this nigga ain't getting off the ground. 
<laughs> and, and if he does get off the ground, he gonna get smoked in Cuba. There was a movie, um, and you know what's funny when they were talking about that, it reminded me of a movie. What's his name was in it? Um, John Leguizamo. I can't remember the title of the movie, but toward the end of the movie, when he thought he was all scot free and everything was cool, he's sitting in his little old school caddy in Cuba, gets walked up on and gets around, put in his head. So it kind of had that tie-in, but the flyest fucking thing at the ending was Saint and Mel when the mother. Why? Why is that? Why? Why? Why is that fly? Let me tell you something. First question. As a matter of fact, yo, if you didn't see the movie The Usual Suspects, then you don't understand the ending. But if you remember Jay-Z's video, City is Mine, right? The Black Street. Yeah. At the end of it, when he was leaving the police station, he was walking all funny and shit. And then he started walking normally. So that was, a, that was he pulled out from Usual Suspects, right? You're gonna make me watch Usual Suspects again. Kaiser, I remember Kaiser, that. What was his name? Kaiser, Kaiser, so, so say some shit like that, right? So after he spoke to Mel or whatever it is, right? Everybody know, yo, Saint been, Franklin been limping the whole time. The motherfucker walks, take, stops, hangs his fucking cane on a chair and just walks off. Son, any old, yo, as soon as I seen that, I was like, play from Usual Suspects. Easy. But what does that accomplish with Mel? No, I'm just, my point. No, I'm just saying, not even accomplishing with Mel. I'm just saying that 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 visual. You know what I'm saying? But like, listen. So, it was nostalgic for you, more Franklin. So than, Franklin was, was no, but Franklin was not going to stand there in front of Mel and like, yeah, I, I clapped your pops at the dining table, son. Nah. Anybody think he was going to just be open right there? You crazy? Nah, bro, never. And I'm standing as he got in her face. I was like, he ain't gonna tell her nothing. He's not gonna say nothing. She want to know who shot my daddy. She turned around and clapped and shot him three times. Shot him in the shoulder and shot him in the back twice or some shit. Left him in the left him in the crib. He wasn't gonna say, yeah, I clapped your father. Because even though she's a woman of the cloth now. She might want to be vengeful and actually finish the job that she started. She might, he might have saved her life, get him, get her out the crack house, but not. Nah. You clapping family? No, nah, now you got a target on your back of your head. And it's, you already got enough smoke from Reed Thompson. Okay. <laughs> that I think um my my beef before we before I let you go. My beef with that whole thing was that the last two ep- the two episodes before the season finale. I felt like should have been the finale. Nah. I don't appreciate man boy dying from a, a little hip wound or wherever he got shot. Like, fam, he might as well had a heart attack when he busted into Franklin's mom crib and died like that. Like, that was corny to me that nobody clapped him, but he just died in the in the hospital, like, oh, 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 oh. Like, come on, fam. Ooh, man boy? That was weak. No, no, no. A Scully. He didn't die. I'm not buying that. He ain't dead. Okay. He ain't dead. Okay. I don't think he's dead. Or somebody else asked me that too. If I think, I was like, nah, he ain't dead. We'll see what happens with season five because they did get picked up for another season. I yeah, think we, Reed we, Thompson is going to screw Franklin over. 
And nah, but I think, what they, I think what they might try and do, they're going to try and go back to the, the um, I think, I think um, also is in his feelings for shorty that. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, so how are they going to play yeah. that, that story as well? So they're going to, you know, they, they broke off a little while focusing on them and tying in how the, how the, how the drug was coming in. And now you see through the, through the file on, on the, on, on the counter, he, you know, you see him standing looking at the pictures of her face and all that stuff. So it's like, well, what's next? But, um, Yo, it's a dope show, man. I wouldn't make any comparisons to The Wire. Anyway, what else you got for me, son? Unless it's your curfew. What else you got? <laughs> no curfew, but um, it's oh, funny you say you're rubbing you. Uh, you getting you getting tired? You need a bottle of milk, nigga? Heck no, heck no. My my bedtime is usually two, three o'clock in the morning, and that's on a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned your TV being on as background noise. What we do on the show, um, every episode for 100 plus episodes, I ask somebody to give me a show that they've been watching or a movie. Show a movie that they've been watching that they can recommend to somebody. Um, I didn't I didn't expect the pandemic to happen, but we kind of got people through the pandemic with show recommendations because there was just nothing to do. So give me something. Show a movie that you've been watching. I'll give you mine. and. Uh, We'll see where things go from there. So, um, one thing for your audience to know about me is that I, I, uh, I may not read books often, but I read a lot of everything, right? So, okay. Um, I read a lot of everything. I try to watch a little bit of everything. So I'll just say the last thing I watched on Netflix was a documentary um, called Coded, Coded Bias right about coded bias okay technology and mass surveillance and how the data you know like data these days is like big oil right so your data is 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 valuable um and how these algorithms and things of that nature are you know bias systems you know being developed by you know one set of individuals but not recognizing you know uh africans you know black people people of color you know it's a lot of it's, it's technology stuff, but it's it's applicable to everybody, right? Um, I don't remember the last movie I watched. Uh, damn, son, hold on, let me pull up my let me pull up my joint right here. Let me see. <laughs> what did I watch, yo? Oh, White Tigers in my queue. Um, the biggie the biggie documentary. I got a story to tell. That was dope. Uh, Project Power, that was cool. Uh, yo, what else did I watch over here? What the fuck did I watch on the day? Hold up, I'm trying to think real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's crazy. Oh, um, I watched Tenet like three times. Okay. Okay. Tenet was cool. Uh, Malcolm and Marie is definitely a conversation starter for those in a relationship. <laughs> that shit was funny. Um, um, I'm trying, yo, I swear to God, hold on, man. Talk in the meantime, we move you guys. I'm trying All right, to- nigga, save, me, save one for me, nigga. God damn. I'm, I'm trying to come. No, nah, because I'd be in the crib. So, you know, look, 
My mine is a Concrete Cowboy. No, I heard on about Netflix. It. Concrete Cowboy on Netflix about the actual guy who lives in Philly, and uh, he's riding horses around in uh, in the in Philadelphia. It looks very weird when you think about it visually, but um, Concrete Cowboy it was really dope, uh, and that's my suggestion. Um, Okay. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. We're gonna have you back up here again, and we're gonna have a, a, a talk. I feel, I feel so honored, man. I, I'm, you know, I'm never being recording nobody podcast. I ain't nobody trying to talk to my boring ass. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but no, nah, please. Stop, you, stop, you, nah. but things like I think people, I think you know, some of the folks that I like I, that I work with, right? They don't realize that like I read a little bit of everything, right? So I'm not just a, like an IT guy, and I'm just like, oh, all, all I know is technology, like. Even though I'm in tech sector, even though I work in, in tech, I like to read a little bit of everything, even though it's not part of my uh, particular skill set. Like, hey, I look at, you know, stuff in the cloud, all the cloud technology, but I read a little bit of everything, right? And it even comes down to some of the scientism people I got to have um, candid conversations about the vaccine, and everybody who doesn't want the vaccine on the vaccine hesitancy and my sisters don't want it. And I'm like, Hey, yo, don't be a dummy. You know, um, you know, it's like how, you know, how deep you want to get into this conversation. Cause for example, I know you said, you, you know, I think you were giving me the, the cue that you were wrapping up, but um, <laughs> people, people worried, Oh, the, the, the vaccine um, they put in trackers, in, in, in the vaccine. And I'm like, are you stupid? So I'm like, hey, look, if you're worried about being tracked, you need to get rid of your smartphone. How about that? I said, whether you turn off location services or whatever the case may be, it's a cell phone. Cell phones transmit over cell towers. You can still be found or pinpointed your last location if you're worried about being tracked. Now, the other one was, oh, um, they're injecting COVID into you um, in order to fight the, the, the build resistance. And I'm like, all right, now I know you, not, you don't read. I can give you documents that I read just for, you know, I used to read my mother's medical books when I was a kid. So it's like, I like this stuff. I mean, I understand all of it, but I'm like, yo, the information is there on the CDC's website is out there mm -hmm. in the New England Journal of Medicine. They made their whole COVID section free to read. Plenty of FAQs, right? Um, same thing for, um, what's the other journal? JAMA, uh, Journal of American Medical Association, whatever, whatever it is. The information is all out there, right? But I made the argument the other day saying, look, unless you grow your own food, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, because everything is. Do yeah. you read every label? Yeah. I said because you you'd start to death. The multivitamin that you take, are you reading the label or are you just pop the pill because your doctor said so? No, my sister just had uh, so, uh, surgery. Not I think a couple months back, right? I said, did you ask the anesthesiologist what he drugged you with so you wouldn't feel pain? So when people make certain arguments to me, I'm the wrong person to come to and you don't have <laughs> your shit together. I, will, I won't even get bent out of shape. I'll look at you and laugh in your face like you got to be fucking kidding me. 
You got a you got a smartphone in your hand and you're not using it. Google is free. All you gotta do is type in like COVID FAQ and everything will come up. Yeah. Well, if you really want to be meticulous about searching, you go hop on your laptop or your iPad or your MacBook or whatever it is and read that they're not injecting COVID into you. And no, it's not a it's not a, a miracle cure. You might need a booster. Yeah. I said there's yeah. a reason why people ain't getting chicken pox and shit now or fucking measles. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, everybody, everybody, OG, parent, uncle, aunt, got a mark on their shoulder from yesteryear because that vaccine left a mark on their skin. Mm-hmm. So everybody's entitled to their opinion. I don't knock people who don't want to get the vaccine, but don't end up on a ventilator. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to have that, uh, I'm going to have a convo with a nurse uh, up here about, uh, the vaccine and the FAQs. Whoever's listening, whoever decides to sit through this whole joint, listen to it, please get vaccinated. If you got your first shot already, please go back and get your second shot when you're supposed to. Um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's lot, there's a larger conversation to be had, but, you know, people are focused on how fast the vaccine was produced, but you also have to understand that there's been a lot of science that has been done over the years, which is which is what makes that that speed and efficiency possible. And why they were able to come up with a vaccine in a short period of time, they were already studying a lot of this stuff, the mRNAs and how the proteins work and stuff like that. So the vaccine was developed with such speed because they already had the data. All right, man. Hold, save it. Save it. Save no, it. I'm, no, I'm good. No, you I'm, said you were no, Look, you see my. No, we don't. We don't. You see, my, you see my. Um, you see my my McAllen here almost done. See that? I I see. I you see. We, we're gonna get up in uh in person. I'm, I'm, and... I'm for the record. Also, I'm not gonna listen to this podcast because I hate hearing myself. Uh, well, too on, bad. On too bad. I'm gonna tag. I'm gonna tag you in the um. Make sure you tag that I use. Make sure you tag MGA Photog. Don't tag my personal IG account. Nah, I'm, I'm tagging all of the ones that I have for you. That's neither here nor there. Nah, uh, just, tag, just tag MGA Photog. Brother, it's good seeing whatever. you. From Get your excuses ready. I always tell people that. It, uh, weekend's coming up. Get your excuses ready by the time people hear this. Uh, the weekend will be coming oh, up. Oh, no, so I don't care. Listen, man, if anybody want to chit-chat or, you know, they want to hear my opinion on some, on some shit, yo, hit me on Instagram. It's all good. I'm open to conversation. I'm open to chatting with intelligent people. I like to hear different yeah. opinions. I'm not always yeah. right. Um, I, I, uh, I like intelligent conversation. I don't deal with stupid people. So... And I'm going to leave it at that, man. Exactly. I appreciate you for coming up here. My brother, I I, I thank you oh, so much. Oh, OG Hollywood. <laughs> how long I know you now? 2007, 2008? Some shit yeah, like man. that. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Go get your ass inside your crib and go go tell your family hello. And tell your I'll, wife. I'll, I'll do me. that. I'll do that. My brother. Don't, lose his, rec- don't lose his recording. I won't. If 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 so, we'll just do it over. Yeah. All right. Peace, homie.